Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Eat Blog Talkers, hey, how are you? How is September going? I am super excited to talk today about tidying up your website because as you know, Q4 is right around the corner. So now is a great time to do a little bit of fall cleaning before that traffic spike hits you. First though, if you would head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review Eat Blog Talk, we would be so grateful for that. It literally takes two minutes to do this, and those two minutes of your time are so appreciated. They also add value to Eat Blog Talk, so thank you in advance. I'm really so grateful for every single person who takes the time to do this. One more thing before we dive into website tidying. If you have not yet joined the new amazing eBlog Talk community, go do it. You will find so much value inside, including connecting with other food bloggers in a much deeper way. We have conversations inside the community that don't take place anywhere else. They're really deep. They're really valuable. You also have access to all kinds of exclusive value, such as bonus podcast episodes and mastermind groups and challenges that keep you on track and also a resources and service providers directory and really so, so much more. This testimonial is from Alexis from FancyApronCooking.com. And here's what she says about being inside the Eat Blog Talk community. Quote, this is the place to get what your blog needs. The Eat Blog Talk community truly is a community. You can connect with bloggers, view helpful resources, and get tips for your blog that you take immediate action on. I was blown away to see some big blog names here in the community, and that's when I knew I was in the right place, end quote. So go to eblogtalk.com for more information and to get hooked up, and we will see you inside. Let's dive right into website tidying. I wanted to start just by asking if you have read Marie Kondo's book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. If you haven't read it, I strongly recommend doing it. It's a really great read and Marie talks a lot within the book about tidying your home and how that simple act in itself can seep over into your brain and to other areas of your life. And her philosophy is that a tidy home inspires a calm and motivated mindset, which I love. I love the idea of having a calm and motivated mindset. I think all of us would because we are busy and this is something that we all are striving for. I believe the same principle applies to our work and our blogs because if our sites are a mess, the clutter carries over into our minds, into our lives, it seeps into our lives. So a tidy website equals a tidy you, which makes you much more efficient and capable. I'm going to run through a few points to tell you how you can tidy up a little bit. But real quick before I do that, I want to tell you why you should do this. Cleaning up your website will increase organic traffic and it will make your content much more user-friendly. And all of those things translate 
to good things, right? They translate to more traffic and more revenue. So this really is something that we want to put a focus on and not ignore. I compiled a list of six ways you can tidy up your website today, or at least you can start planning for it today. Number one, take inventory of your content. Consider which content no longer supports your brand and also gets little to no traction. If you do this Marie Kondo style, you would start by sorting through categories just so you avoid missing anything. So go comb through each piece of content and ask two questions in this order. Does this support my brand? And does my audience find value in this content? Finding the answer to the second question is twofold. First, you need to go see how many actual clicks the page has received. And second, you need to check to see if that page receives backlinks from other sites. To see how many clicks a specific page has gotten, open Google Search Console and click Search Results under the Performance tab in the left sidebar. Select a date range of 16 months. I think that is the longest range available. And directly to the right of the date range where it says new, click page and paste in the full URL that you are checking. Click enter and then you will scroll down to the bottom of the page and select pages. It's right next to queries. Underneath there, you will see exactly how many impressions and clicks that specific URL has gotten in the past 16 months. If the page has gotten a ton of impressions but low clicks, you know that at least it might be able to be improved upon. But if both the clicks and the impressions are really low, you will know that you could probably get rid of it and the world wouldn't die without it. Okay, now to determine if the page has backlinks, because this is a really important part of it too. If your page has a lot of backlinks, so other websites are sending traffic to the page on your site, you do not want to get rid of the page on your site because that would break those links and you don't want to do that. So in order to find that, you can go find a free backlink checker such as the one at hrefs.com and I will spell that out for you. It's A-H-R-E-F-S.com forward slash backlink dash checker. There are other backlink checkers I know that are available and everyone has their own favorite. So pick your favorite and use it anytime you consider deleting an old post. Uh, once you put your URL into the backlink checker, it will analyze all of the websites that might be linking to it and it will tell you if that's the case. If there's nothing linking to your post, then you might consider deleting it if it also gets really low impressions and clicks. If the page does not support your brand and it also receives little to no clicks and impressions and contains no backlinks, then you can probably get rid of it. It's safe to assume that nobody is missing it. The world does not need that post. So that's a big indicator that it probably needs to go. Number two, update your about page. 
Okay, personally, I have never had an about page on my food blog that's been in good shape. It's been a source of blog shame for me for far too many years, which is why this point is on my list this week to tidy up. I am finally making the commitment to do this. And I am by no means an expert on about pages, but I do know that Madison from Grace and Vine Studios has great recommendations for creating a great about page on her podcast. Um, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. And her podcast episode number 43 dives into about pages. So go listen to that and then create the about page of your dreams that is going to pull people in and just describe your brand really perfectly. Number three is update your homepage. Again, I am not an expert on homepages. And again, I am going to send you over to Madison from Grace and Vine Studios because she put together a helpful episode on her podcast about what should be on your homepage. Listen to episode number 27 from the Vine podcast and make a few tweaks to your own homepage. Again, I will put this in the show notes. Number four, update poor writing and photos. So before we talked about taking inventory of those posts that just need to go and considering what you can get rid of, also consider as you go through your posts, what can be updated. Make a list of the posts that can be improved upon and create a schedule to tackle cleanup on those posts. For Pip and Ebby, we have a master document that is housed in Google Drive It is a spreadsheet that literally has every single piece of content that resides on my blog, as well as everything that has been deleted. We do not ever get rid of anything. We color code it, but we don't get rid of it. My VA and I communicate about the status of blog posts through this spreadsheet, and it has been extremely useful over the years when we do anything to a post, whether it's deleting it or revising photos, or revising copy, or whatever we're doing. I can indicate which posts need new photos, which need new copy updated, and also which ones need a complete overhaul. So figure out what content can be updated and what needs to be updated. And then I recommend to start putting these updates or tweaks of old content into your editorial calendar and treat them as if they were actual new content. An example would be to reshoot photos for one old but worthy post weekly and give two posts from the archives a complete overhaul every month. Take that and turn it into a consistent schedule. Put it in your calendar so you make sure you do it. Treat it as if it were brand new content and just make it happen. Number five, optimize top content. So go over to Google Analytics, find your top 10 or 20 or 30 or more, whatever number you want to start with, posts for the past year in Google Analytics, plug them into a spreadsheet, and then start chipping away at optimizing them. And this is kind of the list that I run down every time I optimize posts. Take as many of these as you want. Uh, You can take them all. You can add to it. Here's my list. Number one, I create new Pinterest pin or pins. Sometimes I do multiple and I circulate them through Pinterest. Two, I ensure all images within the post contain alt text. 
Three, I make sure I go down to the Yoast SEO section and I tweak whatever makes Yoast happy until I see that awesome little green smiley face. Four, I break up long paragraphs. Um, Usually like three sentences at most is what is usually good for SEO. Really long paragraphs are not ideal. Five, I update the recipe card if needed. So I will add notes to the recipe card. I will update the photo if needed. I will add a pin photo. I will make sure that the measurements are all written consistently and accurately, etc. Next, I add information to the copy if it adds value for my audience. So if there's a question in the comments that a lot of readers are asking, like maybe I don't have buttermilk on hand, what can I use instead? Then I will address that within the post and include a little paragraph about how you can make buttermilk at home. Next, I will check all my links to make sure that there are no broken links within the post. Also, if it applies, I will add affiliate links. So I am a part of Amazon Associates program. I'm sure a lot of you are too. And if it's a post about something that really um, could be supported by products, then I will add those affiliate links into the post. An example would be for my instant pot cake recipe. A lot of people do not have cake pans that fit inside an instant pot. So I provide an affiliate link for that specific cake pan that fits perfectly inside of there. And it does great. People buy it, people click over, and it's one of my top affiliate sales for Amazon Associates. After I make all of my changes, I like to go back to that spreadsheet that I was telling you about and I track the average position found through Google Search Console. So I usually do like a three-month average. What is that specific post averaging for position in Google? And I track it and I put a date on it so that three months down the road, if I'm checking again, I can compare and see if those changes actually increased ranking or decreased or made it you know, stay about the same. It's just good to have information. I think the more you can track, the better. So this is just one way to do that. And then also after you make changes and you want Google to re-index the post, send it through Google Search Console after all the changes have been made and the post has been resaved. And you can find that by going into Search Console at the very top right next to where it says Google Search Console. It says inspect any URL. You paste your URL directly in there, hit enter. After that, you there's a little button that comes up that says request indexing. You click that and that's like the trigger for Google that it needs to re-index that post, that page. Number six, plugin cleanup. Okay, this one I know nothing about. This, all of the stuff that I'm about to say comes from Bethany Smith, who is my partner here at eBlog Talk. She knows about plugins and the more technical side of blogs inside and out. I do not. So this is from her. She says to first make sure that all of your plugins and themes are updated. You should be doing this once a week. The only exception is when a new WordPress system update comes out. In this case, it's advised to wait at least a week or two to update. You can check with the company who made your theme for their recommendations for when you should be updating. 
Then look at the plugin list. And if you aren't using a plugin anymore, make sure you deactivate it and then delete it. And if you're feeling ambitious, you can also go through and check for any plugins that may not be updating anymore. For most plugins, when you click on view details in the backend, it will show you a last updated date and whether it's compatible with your version of WordPress. Now, don't take those updates at face value as it's okay if everything does not fully match or if a plugin hasn't been updated for a while. Not all plugins need to be updated consistently. But if you have a plugin that hasn't been updated for over a year, you might want to dig deeper and visit their website and see if it is still supported. If it hasn't been updated for two years or more, it's definitely worth looking into if you actually still need that plugin or if there are any other ones that are more current that will do the same thing. That is all for the list that I put together for tidying up your websites. I'm sure there are many more things that you could do to tidy, but this will hopefully get your wheels turning. And I hope the ideas inspire you to perform a little bit of cleanup as we move into Q4 and beyond Q4. And if you have additional ideas for what we can be doing to tidy up websites, please go to the show notes, leave them in the comments so we can all read through them. You can find the show notes at eatblogtalk.com forward slash website tidying. And also you can find those links to Madison's amazing episodes on her podcast. So thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.